0: You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. Following a turbulent year, the luxury market is roaring back to full recovery, fueled by strong gains in North America and Asia-Pacific. Brands like Hermes and Louis Vuitton have steamed past their pre-pandemic sales, Cartier owner Richemont said sales in the three months through June were 22% ahead of 2019 levels. LVMH and Kering are also significantly bigger businesses. Brands like Prada, Versace, Montclair are riding the rebound as well. The pandemic pivot to online has helped shape e-commerce sales contribute to upwards of triple-digit growth for some of these luxury brands and account for a bigger slice of their overall retail sales. After being slow to the game and hesitant to evolve, the luxury sector seems to finally be embracing a future increasingly shaped by digital technology well beyond simple e-commerce. And it may have taken a pandemic to hasten things. Here today to talk about luxury's digital future is my guest Maria von Schielplessen, plessen global head of media and advertising at the German luxury brand Montblanc, known for its high artistry writing instruments, watches, and leather products. Maria has been leading global media at Mont Blanc from their headquarters in Hamburg since 2017 and is responsible for online and offline advertising. Before working at Mont Blanc, Maria managed marketing communication for luxury brands in three countries at Amazon, as well as e-commerce giant Zalando in Singapore, where she led marketing communication for Southeast Asia. Maria is also a frequent international keynote speaker and was recently honored by Luxury Daily as one of the 2021 Luxury Women to Watch. Welcome to the luxury item, Maria.
1: Thank you so much, Scott.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. Um, So are you in Hamburg now?
1: Yes, exactly. In Hamburg, north of Germany.
0: So maybe a good way to kick things off um, for our listeners is to tell them a little bit about Montblanc, the brand, and what your role is there.
1: Mm -hmm, Sure. So Montblanc is a German brand uh, focused on luxury goods. So um, some of you might have already heard about Montblanc, especially in the context of uh, writing instruments, so pens. Uh, we have a very evergreen item which is called the Meisterstück, and uh, Mont Blanc has been around for more than 110 years. So, we are originally from Germany. We belong to the Swiss luxury goods company uh, Richemont. And in there, of course, you also have very great uh, luxury brands like Cartier, uh, IWC, Piaget. So, we are in a very, very good and uh, strong company. And um, yes, my role at Mont Blanc, I am the global head of media and advertising since uh, just over four years. Yes, and I'm seeing all the areas of media strategy, buying um, some special projects, uh, also now more and more coming up, for example, in the area of uh, predictive buying, of attribution modeling, uh, customer and audience, which we're also, I think, going to talk about a bit later. So um, my area is uh, pretty big, pretty diverse, and I'm taking care of uh, 22 markets.
0: So you've been in the business for a while and you've been involved in digital for a while. So given how digital is transforming the luxury industry, what are some of the most significant changes that you've observed over the years?
1: Mm -hmm. So especially now in the past years, we have seen a super, super strong shift towards uh, e-com online purchases. So I would say there's more trust uh, for online shopping and the appetite um, has definitely increased. Also, I see now a more extended product portfolios in the past uh, luxury brands were also a bit more hesitant to go live with their full product uh, portfolio especially for the limited editions or high priced items but now especially due to the uh, pandemic in the past years um, and this very very strong shift we also see higher average order values and also um, I would say quicker path to conversion so there's more demand on one side um, for online shopping, and at the same time also, there's a strong demand towards luxury brands, especially in the sense of um, brand values. So these days also the consumer wants to have um, the brand associated with key topics in today's society. So you have sustainability, you have Mm -hmm. heritage, you have diversity measures. So um, I would say uh, to live up to the current standards and also to meet the consumer expectations um, has been speeding up even more. And it's also now our time to transform digitally and also in terms of the values we are representing.
0: Yeah, you know, and and when the pandemic forced many stores to close, luxury brands had no choice but to focus on digital sales and digital transformation. And it's shown the spotlight on online luxury and fashion in a big way as an area for growth. So, how did that impact the way Montblanc reached its customers?
1: Mm -hmm. So, indeed, um, previously we had around about uh, eighty percent offline sales. 20 percent online sales and uh, now this has uh, shifted a lot Um, and especially now recently our logistics uh, needed to scale up very quickly Uh, we needed to also improve our functions in terms of website exploration for example and also the on-site experience because of the very very strong shift and uh, higher amount of traffic we have been receiving and some things for example we we implemented is the 360 degree view of products Virtual mirrors are uh, also a big topic uh, amongst other luxury brands. I've been I've been seeing, and um, yeah, there have also been some surprises. So, for example, search has become our strongest channel due mm-hmm. to the higher increase in, in search demand, and also our social advertisement now has a positive ROI, and is not only used for um, awareness brand building, but also now generates more sales. So the sales channels and acquisition channels have also heavily extended and um we're very happy about this trend
0: yeah did anything surprise you from a demographic standpoint or the Mm -hmm. types of products they purchased or just Mm -hmm. any kind of behavioral insights
1: yes so um firstly really the increase in terms of average order value so there was a higher tendency to buy more premium and high-priced products, also limited editions, watches, for example, have been not as easy uh, to be sold online, um, but also here we've seen an increase. At the same time, also there's more time spent on website now, so we also had to stock up in terms of editorial content. We have become more, I would say, like a online flagship store
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not only a transaction page. So we also increased the amount of uh, said editorial content. And we had a lot more new uh, visitors and new purchases. So a lot of first time clients during this time, which is also then of course proven by the fact that we have a stronger shift towards uh, online purchases. And at the same time also in terms of demographics. So we did see that we acquired a younger audience than our usual um, database. Mm-hmm. And at the same time also we strongly increased the audience uh, 45 plus. So. Also, uh, some customers who have been heavily relying on our boutiques and we need to have the look and feel full experience now trusted uh, us and then went online, which is great. So actually we extended um, in both ways in terms of demographic and um, have more items per order and also higher average order value.
0: Were they also spending more time?
1: Yes, exactly. Mm, yeah. Almost so is, uh, three times as much. Three times mm-hmm.
0: as much. So what does that tell you about the luxury consumer?
1: I think now really the, the hesitancy is not not as big anymore. And um, now as also together with, with us as well, many brands had to really scale up in terms of uh, online experience. Many first purchases have already happened. So I think we are yet still to see whether these uh, newly acquired customers who joined us uh, online during the pandemic are -hmm. also going to come back and are going to be uh, retained for second online purchases, or maybe they'll go offline again. Um, But this brings us also now more to the discussion of uh, really being able to track and match online and offline customer profiles and data, uh, which are in, in strong demand right now.
0: Yeah. You know, in fashion and luxury brands, innovation priorities have really become clearer this year. And we're starting to see more fashion and luxury brands accelerating their new technology-related product launches, whether it's, you know, video commerce and digital clienteling to the metaverse and blockchain. What technologies are you most excited about?
1: Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, for us, a big discussion around uh, audiences, especially looking at the cookie future mm-hmm. on how to ensure that uh, we can increase our CRM database and can also um continue to use these audiences across our advertisement marketing uh, media journeys and really also establish proper customer journeys so some tools i would say i'm very excited about um but i know we're here a bit late to the party is uh, for example salesforce so salesforce advertising to uh, ensure that we have one single user ID and uh, we can speak to the same consumer across several platforms and touch points. Mm -hmm. Another tool which I am very excited about, what we are currently working on is, for example, predictive buying. So we are going to launch a dashboard in which we can see why, for example, a campaign is live and we have a certain objective. Let it be to increase awareness, to drive traffic to our website, or to increase the number of purchases this tool is going to give us some recommendation in terms of what channel and uh, which product category to activate to uh, really fulfill the target we have set ourselves for this type of campaign. So to have a sort of AI uh, in the background mm-hmm. um, and also I would say internally argument uh, by numbers because there's also then requires buy-in from different teams, right? So we have not only um, The media teams are my team but we also have then uh, cm we have the pr team we have the seo team so all of them are really contributing to our overall online sales mix and uh to do this and to become more efficient uh, we are now looking more into i said predictive buying and then another project uh, which i'm very excited about is uh, attribution modeling so Mm -hmm. um, we are also looking into which channel we should uh, activate to um, increase different sales touch points. So in this analysis, we are also including phone sales. You know, luxury we still have a high amount of phone sales, also, especially at Mont Blanc. So um, we want to ensure that also phone sales are being included when we look at the cost per lead and also the conversion value of the consumer. And at the same time, we're also onboarding offline sales data. So um, we can match that back online and we know then if the consumer came over social media ad or display ad and um, this is for us very crucial information to also adapt the way we are buying our media and communicating in the future
0: yeah what are you hoping to find what is your ideal scenario coming from Mm -hmm. this from all that research and uh predictive buying
1: yeah so for example um looking at the social media platforms which often have the assumption that um They're really more an awareness driver and can't uh, generate too many sales. Um, Having them included also for the offline purchases will be very insightful and we will, I'm pretty sure, see an incremental RI, so really an uplift in terms of RI, if we don't only consider online to online sales, so from online advertisement to online sales, but also online to offline. And I would also like to know some, some soft KPIs, for example, um, how many people walked by the store, how many people um, subscribe to our newsletter and can also purchase later on. So to, to really connect the dots and to give a true true value to um, media channels and also in general marketing channels, which so far do not have the reputation of being the biggest sales drivers.
0: And do you think perhaps what will come out of this is sort of a new profile of the Montblanc consumer.
1: Yes, definitely. And um, also the profile by product category, as we have a very diverse uh, product segments uh, from leather to writing to to watches uh, to new technology. Um, We have, yeah, different profiles, uh, different targeting possibilities also by product category. And this is something which I would like to optimize and, and further invest in to, um, yeah, as I said, become more efficient and more on point in terms of targeting.
0: And you oversee uh, global advertising and media. And given the various rates of recovery from the pandemic around the globe, with North America and Asia returning to pre-pandemic luxury sales levels and Europe a little slower on the rebound, when you look at the big map, um, does that influence the way you speak to consumers in different regions?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. So um, especially talking about China, we do have um, from headquarters headquarter side, a global communication approach, Approach, but um, we have also localized content. So China is very specific indeed. We do have different uh, ecosystems. We do have a different uh, profile also in terms of uh, consumer. So we do have, for example, local brand ambassadors. We do have ones which we are using uh, from headquarter side and then in China, so uh, rest of world in China, uh, both areas, but some uh, brand ambassadors are only um, present in China, which is very important because the landscape is—you're is, uh, moving very mm-hmm. fast, and yep. uh, we need to also, of course, associate ourselves with someone who is uh, currently uh, very much um, in the talks in, in China. And at the same time, we have to also consider that we do have very different uh, local events in China versus rest of the world. So, like Chinese New Year um, or Singles Day, there are different peaks in terms of uh, purchases and also in terms of gifting moments. And we are a very strong gifting brand. So Blanc still is one of the products which is being gifted uh, to you <laughs> by someone mm-hmm. else. And uh, because of that, we also need to really listen to, to the local consumer and also see when exactly are sales peaks for us. Um, and at the same time, also we have different types of products which are selling there the best, also due to the trends like Logomania, Which have been there already pre pandemic during uh, then, of course, a decrease and now also coming back. So, you really have consumers who are dressed from head to toe in one brand. And that's a trend which also slowly came over here, but um, originated also from from the Asian markets and also Mm -hmm. came from China. So, yes, now with the rebound, uh, we are, I would say, also relying on our best practices from the past, but at the same time, also listen to the very localized uh, consumer approach.
0: And Montblanc is, is doing an amazing job digitally. It always seems to have a very high digital IQ. And I think the brand has about, you know, like a million and a half, maybe a little bit more followers on Instagram. How are you using Instagram and other social platforms to get younger audiences excited about the brand?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we have, uh, firstly, um, a different approach in terms of communication. So, you have uh, perhaps also seen or heard about that uh, writing, which is still one of our key or core assets uh, of our Maison, of our brand, um, writing has increased again in terms of relevancy. So mm-hmm. you have seen, for example, some uh, calligraphy classes, uh, calligraphy content also on social, some graffiti has uh, also been more present. So. These are trends from which we are benefiting, same as journaling. Um, especially now during the pandemic, a lot of also younger audience has gone back to journaling. So right. these type of trends uh, can be used also from our side because they are very inspirational and um, at the same time also often can be connected uh, to, to gifting moments for us because we have an always on gifting approach on social. So uh, we are always present basically. When you have shown uh, interest for example previously in a product you would see it on facebook and instagram uh, and you would be potentially be targeted so we do have an always-on communication to go waste away from the communication terms of uh, campaign burst but really be uh, as as present as possible and uh, i said our uh, communication is also what we see very, very product based because it performs best so um i would say it's a combination of lifestyle And also inspirational content, but also very product focused because we are known for the quality of our products, for the heritage of the products. And that's something the consumer really, really wants to see. And another social channel, if you can consider it social channel, is uh, LinkedIn, with which we are very happy and also working on a a regular basis because...
0: Targeting professionals.
1: exactly exactly yeah they have very high business audience so you can even target someone for example who just moved or changed jobs or got a promotion and maybe wants to treat himself or herself so
0: right.
1: there are certain moments on time where you or
0: graduated
1: are, yeah exactly i right. graduated right. ideally <laughs> already then <Of> right. <laughs> earlier <laughs> the better um yeah so that's a very interesting type of targeting performs very well for us so we're also big fans of linkedin
0: does, uh, is mombla doing any social selling now?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are also uh, more and more now into, into social selling, but that's also then more driven by our influencer strategy.
0: Right. And influencer marketing is finally taking its place as an important tool in the broader marketing arsenal. How does Montblanc use influencers in its marketing? I know you talked about it a little bit a few seconds ago in China, but overall.
1: hmm so, we do have um, I say a macro and micro um, influencer strategy. So, on one side, we do have the big uh, influencers or brand ambassadors like Killian Murphy from DT Blinders. we have Peggy the Berlin based DJ, or we also have Spike Lee. And um, at the same time, we have the micro influencer strategy. So, as we know that our headquarters selected uh, ambassadors might not be relevant in all markets. Markets also, like when I could talk about markets, it's a different countries also in which mobile is present. So um, there's also a localized approach where the market can suggest also someone who is, uh, yeah, very relevant in in their specific region. And um, they are being introduced uh, or mostly also in terms of communication for our social channels.
0: And it also seems luxury programmatic spending has increased its share of online ad spend over the past several years. So how does uh, Montblanc use programmatic advertising to target customers?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so programmatic is um, a tricky, tricky subject yeah, for us yeah, to yeah. Say, yep. because uh, in the end, um, as our price points are pretty high and uh, it's not um, a done deal or a quickly done deal to to sell uh, online for for the more premium products, programmatic um, has become more attractive for us now as we were able to optimize towards new KPIs. So for example, cost per unbound website visit is a KPI, which I really like. So we can really see the incremental um, effect and also importance of programmatic. Mm -hmm. We do also optimize towards cost per click and cost per lead, but um, it takes a lot of steps in programmatic um, while at this to purchase. While at the same time, we work on an inclusion list basis. So we only have a certain amount of website on which we want to be present in the luxury environment. So also here, we're pretty limited. So we can't really go as big as an FMCG brand in programmatic advertisement. So it's not so scalable for us at the same time. And also um, the standards in programmatic advertisement are not really up to my satisfaction yet. <laughs> so if there would be what would you like
0: what would you like to see Maria <laughs> what would no? what would what would those standards be like what, yeah. what would
1: I would like to um, especially in terms of uh, the, when I'm buying right I only want to to pay um, for a click or for an impression when I know that my advertisement has been seen 100% so it's really 100 present on the screen mm-hmm. and has been there for at least three seconds because otherwise how do you Capture the details uh, of a watch? How do you capture the, the function and the, the details and highlights of a of pen in just one second and your ad is only visible like 20% and then yeah. you already have to pay? Um, so, this for me is, is a bit tricky. And there are not so many publishers yet which are adhering to these standards. So, so some do more and more. While at the same time, also, as I said, we can't uh, pay off. On impression basis, then would be really a bit of a waste of budget. We really only want to pay when someone is clicking or then even going to the website and not bouncing. And as we see these trends emerging, it gets better and better. But still, I don't think we are where we should be.
0: You know, expectations of luxury customers are changing all the time and the bar is getting higher and higher for personalized experiences. So how does Mont Blanc match the real world personalized customer experience with the online one?
1: hmm yeah so our creators really also to be as personal as possible to also show the high quality of the products have more video content engaging content uh 360 degree content and uh yeah click and collect is also something which has uh, become more and more popular and being more used uh, now and um yeah i think just to have the content as personalized as possible with for example uh, what someone has viewed previously what someone could also like so more suggestion uh, basis and uh, at the same time what i see in the, in the industry a lot another since some time already chatbots and also virtual mirrors so um, we tried some chatbots on, on facebook didn't work uh, as well there's still some <laughs> some improvements needed uh, until we can really um, yeah, trust, I would say, the bot to have a good experience for our premium consumers. Um, yeah, but it's, I would say, still work in progress, especially in the luxury industry to, to really be as personal as possible.
0: So how does Mont Blanc think about the value of data in driving growth and building relationships with customers?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, super, super important. So data is really key for all of our future activities, for our current activities. Um, we are also now... Launched, a set, for example, Salesforce, a new tool to to capture uh, more data and to also automate in terms of communication. I think there should be even more incentives also in the future to to sign up and uh, for us then to to generate more first-party data. So there's really, I would say, an onboarding process everywhere. There are persona studies being launched. There are brand lift studies uh, being launched. So to check also pre and post campaign investment, how our audience has changed, Mm -hmm. how the demographics have changed. So we need to know more about the consumer. And in the end, we also need to ensure we capture as many leads as possible across all different uh, departments. And also when we, for example, launched uh, the persona study, we also saw that the way uh, who we're thinking of our customer uh, right now actually differs. to whom the customer is uh, today. And by that also, we redefine our communication approach uh, for also future advertisement. So this was for us a really, really key learning. And it's really crucial for us in the future to to stay on top of that. And um, secondly, also in the terms of contextual targeting. So as said, when we are facing now the cookie list, future, very soon, it will be tougher for us to, to retarget someone across different websites. Mm-hmm. We also have to go more on to contextual targeting to um, yeah, have parameters in place um, and sort of bundle audiences and then customer data to, to build lookalikes and use them in our media strategy.
0: You know, I want to just want to jump back to China for a second, you know, they're saying that in 2020, China will account for like half the world's luxury purchases. So in order to serve this digitally savvy audience, brands really need to be constantly upping their online game. Which platforms in China should luxury brands be thinking about now that you're excited about?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, in, from my point of view, key players or key platforms are for one uh, little red book. Mm-hmm. So it's a social shopping platform where the user can also review um different products Uh, it's very engaging and also you can by that grow your your presence um in china so that's one of the platforms where i see a lot of uh, traction these days secondly also uh, many luxury brands are are selling on um, tmall boutique so um also here you are in very good company amongst the likes of uh, chanel for example or dior so that's really crucial to step into the social shopping platforms in china and also, I read recently that um, 90% of China customers um, are interested in uh, products shown through augmented and virtual reality. So right. also in terms of the way we speak to the consumer and the types of assets we are using on these platforms, we need to be 100% aware that uh, it's a bit of a different uh, demand or different expectation than uh, we still have here West of the World.
0: You said in an interview sometime last year that the role of the marketer will change substantially with data scientists and engineers becoming much more in demand. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I said, uh, so previously, data is really, really key. And um, I've seen at uh, when I joined Montblanc and also in other luxury maisons uh, when, I, when I joined uh, the industry, that um, there is a lack of, Analysts and also data scientists, because there's now so much data being generated. There's so many insights we need to distribute across the organization. They can be so helpful for others internally also to make the right decisions. So for me, it's really key to, to stock up and to, to increase, uh, to have more employees in, in these type of fields who are able to connect the dots, to, to analyze the data, to share across the organization, and for example, when I was working at um, the Asian Zalando in uh, Singapore mm-hmm. uh, some years ago, it's also a big e-commerce uh, platform uh, in Asia, fashion e-commerce. Um, when I when I joined there, there were just forty people responsible for SEO and SEA, and uh, when I came here, there were there were some SEA managers in the markets. Uh, now we also increased the amount of SEA managers, so so Google. Search, for example, and um, we really need to generate more reports internally to to share and uh, to know who is our consumer to also know how we need to adapt our communication and um, yeah to really argument uh, based based on numbers and not based on on personal taste.
0: Right. Are you seeing luxury brands starting to hire more data scientists?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I see also. Um, In in my network, um, a lot of uh, requests and job profiles uh, being shared Um, and as said data scientists, uh, we have more engineers also, so really in terms of data crunching and to onboard uh, potential new tools which are coming and um, also to um, ensure the future of potential in-housing strategies for some brands. I see also that a lot of data scientists are being required.
0: That's great. So my final question Maria is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests. So if you were stranded on a deserted island and you could only have one luxury item with you, what luxury item would that be? It can't be any form of transportation, can't be anything that requires mobile service. It's just you, the island, a bunch of palm trees and surrounded by water.
1: Mm -hmm. I was a bit struggling in between on one side to, to bring a watch uh, to keep track of the time until someone is, is coming to potentially pick me up so I don't need to pick up the time <laughs> and don't take too many naps. Uh, I could also subscribe myself for the Patek Philip <laughs> wait list but also be an idea so I can return my watch when I'm being picked up. At the same time, also I think... Uh, a I love that you're optimistic, Maria.
0: I love that you're being yes, optimistic that you're going to be picked up. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're saying a watch. Mm-hmm. A Mont Blanc yes. watch.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, Maria von Schielplassen, Global Head of Media and Advertising for Mont Blanc. Thank you so much for joining me on The Luxury Item.
1: Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure.
0: That's it for this episode of The Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.